out here in the perimeter, there are no stars. Out here, we is stoned, immaculate. Indeed. Okay, Jim, take it, take it easy. Anyway, this is David Esau. This is the C86 show. And as you may gather, this is a uh, special because I've been going through the archives and came across this interview that I did. Um, it was at the V&A. It was to do with the exhibition, Say You Want a Revolution? Question mark. And I spoke to one of the curators. There were two. One being Geoffrey Marsh, the other, I think his partner, Victoria Brockus. They had done the, um, yes, the David Bowie Is exhibition at the V&A. And they were back again. Anyway, this is me in conversation with Jeffrey talking about the 60s, as old people sometimes reminisce. Anyway, take it away. Thanks ever so much. Make sure I hit play record. So, so lovely, is this 30 seconds, a minute, two minutes, just roughly give me an idea? Sort of five minutes. Five minutes. Five minutes, five minutes okay. Yeah, so look, looking at this exhibition, obviously, you know, it marks a, a nice point, isn't it? It's like 50 years since 66. And one thing that really struck me is just the complexity of the 60s and how you represent that. How did you go about it? Um, that's a very good question. I mean, I think the thing is that the 60s has become a sort of caricature, you know, and, um, you know, everybody sat around eating brown rice. And I think what we wanted to try and do, um, the V&A, Victorian Albert Museum, is the National Museum of Art, Design and Performance, was to try and not just to sh do a show about one thing, photography, fashion, but try and bring it all together and show how extraordinarily complicated the period mm. was. And there, there were lots of revolutions in the 1960s. Uh, there was a revolution in how people looked, yeah. um, which, um, you know, comes and goes, you know, every, every so often it gets revived. There's a revolution in how people thought, and I think that's the thing that is probably arguably the most important thing. People stopped just taking what authority, whether it's the government or the church or their trade union, as being how they lived, and they felt increasingly that what they thought was what actually mattered and trusting their own judgment. Um, there was revolution on the street, you know, uh, most famously, I suppose, Paris 68, yeah. which in many ways achieved very little. I mean, ironically, in Paris, of course, de Gaulle came back with a bigger majority. In America, Nixon was elected. Yes. Um, where we're standing now, revolution in consumerism, which arguably is one of the things that's absolutely stuck, that yeah. um, obviously America had gone through a huge boom in the 40s and 50s, but we were sort of catching up with that. And, you know, did we trade um, uh, the love of possessions for the love of freedom, as various people put? And then other things that we go on to is about new ideas about kind of living, revolutions in living mm. and in communicating. And of course, probably the biggest one that affects all of us is that in this period you had people doing the basic work which led ultimately to personal computing. Um, Apple was famously yeah. established in 1976. Steve Jobs was a... Uh, uh, was a dropout, went to India, became yeah. a vegan, lived on a commune, said taking LSD was one of the three most important things yes. in his life because it created a new way of thinking. And, but those people and the other companies at that time were building on a lot of research done in the 1960s. And of course, the people who worked in the 60s saw uh, personal computing as being libertarian. It was the idea of trying to link together everybody to share knowledge, to build a new society. And of course, um, the ones that are still alive, if you talk to them, they have a fairly wry view of how <laughs> things have turned out. Yes, absolutely, actually. But when you were sort of doing the research for this, did you sort of feel, as you sort of started digging down, mm. just the complexity of putting it, you know, how much actually happened? Because talking to sort of Barry Miles earlier, yeah. you get that feeling that the floodgates suddenly sort of opened about 63, 64, and suddenly 
it wasn't ever going to be the same again. Yes, I mean, you know, I mean, it's, it's fascinating talking to Barry, who was, you know, sort of absolute witness to history. Yes. But of course, he was in London, which was sort of at the prime, you know, the cutting edge of all this, and where everybody migrated to. I suspect if you were in a northern industrial town working in a factory, it was a very, very different thing. And of course, it's very much that comes through, you know, in, in the seventies, and you know, yeah. and uh, and of course, it was different in Europe and Britain. I think that though that what. Uh, changed was, uh, as, as Ian MacDonald in his book on the Beatles said, was the revolution in the head. That people, simply the, the mass of the population, their mental take on life shifted. Not yeah. hugely, not massively, but they just thought, actually, am I that bothered about all this thing that I've been told is wrong or right? You know, and um, you can see that either uh, as being. Uh, very progressive, or some people would say it was the start of the shift from a kind of we society, where you know whether we was your community to the I society, which you know grows through the 70s, and of course comes the driver uh, in the 1980s with the rise of a market economy, yeah, where you know things are only valued for what you can sell them for. Absolutely, and also just looking at the exhibition, which bit of it that are you particularly pleased with? Because there's an awful lot here, isn't there? Just walking through it, it's a kind of bombardment of so much yeah. stuff. So there must be some areas that you think, God, I'm so pleased with that. Um, uh, yes, I mean, it, it's sort of different because we've tried to make the exhibition work for different interests, people are interested in design, people are interested in politics. I think, um, simply in sort of museological terms, the, the, the thing that I'm very pleased with is how Woodstock, the, the bit on Woodstock's turned out. Right. Because the problem you've got is that, you know, it could just end up looking like a pop festival nowadays. And I do think that it feels different, and yet you can see the connection to all these hundreds of yes. festivals. Yeah, um, but also, but of course, that's because it had a great filmmaker, Michael Wadley, who shot it. Yeah. Um, I think, um, uh, for me, one of the things I really love here is is Bill Anders' spacesuit. Bill Anders was the, yeah. uh, uh, the astronaut who didn't go to the moon. He was on Apollo 8. But he's the man that took the first photograph of Earth, the famous Earthrise photograph right. from space. And to me, that is probably uh, the absolute turning point of the 1960s because suddenly, I think, everybody suddenly realised that the future wasn't going to be solved by, you know, just by science, yeah. although science is, and technology is obviously critical but by social organisation social organization, uh, back on Earth. And the slightly scary thing was when he, Anders and his two compatriots, there were three people behind the camera and three billion people that they were looking down on. And if you did the same thing today, there'd be seven and a half billion people. And it's extraordinary. 24 people went to the moon, but no one has gone further than those people who got to the moon. And is that a lack of ambition? Obviously, there's things mm. going out to Mars and all the rest of it all the time. Or is it because actually, you know, the real problems of the ones down on Earth right. and the fact that, you know, despite the fact we're on 50 years later, um, some of those absolute key issues we haven't got any nearer to, to solving. And I think that's partly what we're trying to say at the, the end of the exhibition is the things that have really stuck from the period are the things that are enshrined in law. Right. Uh, equal rights, um, so on and so forth. But they work at a national level, but international government is very, very tricky. You know, I don't want to get into the politics of the United no. Nations. But actually, so many of the issues of today are international issues, particularly about the environment. Whatever you think yeah. about it, is, you're not going to solve it by just one, one uh, issue. Um, uh, Martin Rees, the astronomer, of, uh, said, you know, the thing about, great thing about science is it doesn't take any notice of national boundaries, which is true. The downside to that, of course, is that if you actually want to get social change, it's how do you get people to cooperate? Yeah. And the 60s tried it, 
and many of those attempts failed, but at least they tried. Yeah. And um, I think in a world where everybody seems to be talking about building another wall, it's in the paper today, they're talking about building one around Calais. <laughs> uh, sounds terribly sort of 16th century. Um, that that's something really worth looking back at how it came about and yeah. actually thinking is what you do about it now. Absolutely. Well, look, well thank you ever so Pleasure. much. It's been amazing. And can I just quickly get a picture? Yes. Can I get a picture? I don't know why I said that, or even why I wanted one. But anyway, I did. That was me. Anyway, that was um, also Jeffrey Marsh, creator of the exhibition at the V&A. Thank you ever so much for listening. This has been David Eastall. And if you want to contact me, you can on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just go to at C86show. And also, all these shows have been archived, and you can find them on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, and Mixcloud. Anyway, have a great week.